hello, and welcome. This is The Real Football Podcast. I'm your host, Lenny, a.k.a. The Red Power Ranger, and let's get into it. On today's episode, I am wrapping up my my season opening series on the top six teams uh, with Spurs. At the time of recording, the Premier League season has begun. Manchester City did beat Burnley 3-0 away at Turf Moor a little bit ago. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is dapping up his good good buddy, good old friend, Kevin uh, Vincent Company. However, 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 Erling Haaland scored within, what, five minutes. He got a double. Rodri, he scored the win in the Champions League final. Sealed the win. Burnley lose on their return to the Premier League. They also got a red card, I guess, late in the game. I didn't catch the game. I just saw a couple of highlights. Erling Haaland, absolute monster. He will be back at it. He will be... He'll probably win the Golden Boot again um, in Manchester City. However... There are going to be question marks about them. We'll see what happens as the season progresses. Specifically, are they going to be able to address what they need to address? However, that is not the topic of discussion today. Today's topic of discussion is our deep dive, our final deep dive, our sixth of six into Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Spurs, um, the butt of... An infinite number of jokes, either on the internet, in the stands, everywhere you go, it is the history of the Tottenham. We love to make fun of these guys. And for good fucking reason. They aren't hateable enough. They don't win enough to be hateable. They are quite likable, actually, when you really sit down and think about it. But some of their antics over the years, they kind of grate on you. So let's get into it. And there is no bigger story with Spurs than what's been happening around their talisman. Now, I'm going to frame this in such a way so that we can we, we mirror his story and Spurs' stories, and then we'll see where they go from here because now they've finally broken up. And of course, when I say talisman for Spurs, I'm talking about pretty much the best striker on the planet. Oh, maybe not. Maybe the second best, the top three striker on the planet, Harry Kane. Um... It was confirmed, I believe, either yesterday or this morning, this morning being Friday, yesterday being Thursday, that Harry Kane is going to be leaving Spurs. He is going to be leaving Spurs for greener pastures in Munich for Bayern Munich. He's going to be playing in the Bundesliga this season, and that's a done deal. It looked a little bit shaky at a certain point. I've been watching transfer rumors for many reasons that you could probably guess if you're an avid football supporter. Um... I've been watching the transfer rumors quite closely and these this Harry Kane situation was looking interesting. It looked as though Bayern weren't going to stump up the money that Spurs really needed, but he's he was on the last year of his contract. Can we really did we really expect Daniel Levy to not take the money um and lose him potentially for free next season and he was Nine times out of ten, going to go to United or just any other Premier League team, and that's that's the one situation that Daniel Levy cannot stand. He did not want to strengthen a direct rival for European places, so he took the money from Bayern. They eventually agreed on a fee, and it comes the end of. I can't say it's a it's a love story. Is it really a love story? It's more like a tragedy at the end of the day. Unfortunately for Spurs fans, for the rest of us, we've been talking shit and having a laugh at Spurs' expense from day one. Um, 
But the story, to give a little bit of background um, and Spurs' situation up until recently, Harry Kane broke through, I believe I remember, I don't remember who he was replacing. It might have been Soldado. It might have been... Um, Oh, I can't remember Lorente. I believe Lorente at some point was at Spurs, and I don't know if he was the starting number nine, but it was around 2014, and it was Tim Sherwood. <laughs> Tactics Tim. I'm stepping in and giving Harry Kane, young 20, 21 year old Harry Kane at the time, an opportunity in the team. And he took it with this by the scruff of his of its neck, kind of like Rashford, how Rashford burst onto the scene when Louis Van Gaal was forced to play him, and he scored a, a, a brace against Arsenal in his very first game, starting for United. Um, it was kind of a similar situation that Harry Kane got into the team, he scored, and he did not look back. Now. Harry Kane, he was the bedrock. He was a crown jewel in the Spurs um, team that Mauricio Pochettino brought in and really, really cultivated to one of the best teams in England. Um, they did finish second. They finished third uh, in in the Leicester season. They finished second the, le the season afterwards, and they did make it to the Champions League final um, up against Liverpool in 2019. So they did have relative success. That's extremely positive success when you look at Spurs um, and where they are in the hierarchy of the, of the pantheon of massive English footballing clubs. Um, and they they consistently were playing Champions League year in year out uh, up until essentially that Champions League final. So they had a fantastic team. I mean, they had uh, Deli Ali and Harry Kane created a fantastic partnership. That's before Deli Ali um, kind of let uh, I wouldn't say let, but a, a very very unfortunate situation whereby some of his mental health. Things started to take a toll. He was he was looking like one of the best young midfielders, attacking midfielders, uh, second striker type situation. Um, he was looking like one of the best in Europe, playing alongside Harry Kane. He fell off, um, and I'm sure Harry Kane just watched a lot of these guys, especially that first team that Poch put together with Dembele and Eriksen and, um, of course, Deli Ali, Toby either Alderweireld, uh, Vertonghen, Hugo Lloris was there and he was still there, but Hugo Lloris was a lot better a couple of years back. Um, he watched that entire team get recycled and move on to win trophies elsewhere. Th this is one of those things where um, people have been tracking this over time. People have been tracking this as, as the years have gone on and on because it's, it's one of the most probably the strangest phenomenon that you could possibly think of whereby Harry Kane, considering Spurs haven't won a trophy since the 2008 League Cup, so of course he wasn't around back then. Um, and before that, I, I think they won the League Cup in like 1993 or some shit. So Spurs have only won two trophies in the past 30, 35 years. Um, and so Harry Kane has watched a lot of these guys that he played with um, some of the guys who were in the team before him, the Modric's, the Bales, of course, they went on to become absolute legends for Real Madrid and other places. Um, other players went on to win trophies, like Kyle Walker went on to win trophies. Um, 
uh, over there at Man City, of course. So he's watched a lot of these guys that he was either, and considering he was a young, uh, he, he came through the academy. So he watched a lot of the guys in the first team before he got into the first team. The guys he was he was in the first team with, and the guys he's watched all of these guys come in and do well at Spurs, get a big move, or maybe not even a big move, a small move away, and win trophies elsewhere. And try as he might, as much as they did, they never got over the line. We never saw Harry Kane as captain of Tottenham. Um, although I think Hugo Lloris is the captain, but Harry Kane is really the captain when you look at it. Um, he never got the opportunity to lift even just a league cup just something anything a major honor and so it's come it's come to the collective consciousness of footballing supporters that this guy is the greatest player to play the game and never win a major trophy that's that's ridiculous that's that's ridiculous that's unheard of that's that belittles the quality that harry kane has harry kane has been one of the top strikers on the planet for about eight years now since 2015 essentially since 14 15 was his breakout season since that season he's been as consistent as anyone else as consistent as Lewandowski as consistent as actually probably more consistent than Karim Benzema as consistent as Salah since Salah uh, got to Liverpool so he's been at the highest level performing for a team that just couldn't couldn't cut it and the potch teams really look crazy they probably needed investment at the right times they never got that investment they they managed to especially in that 16 17 season uh from about 2015 to about 2018 2019 they had they invested just a little, maybe a hundred million more, a quality player here, a quality player there, or they were short maybe one or two world-class players to really, really challenging for the league and potentially winning it, um, potentially winning the Champions League even. Uh, they, that team essentially fell apart. Poch left the club. It, it wasn't It wasn't a sweet situation. Um, things started to go really sour really quickly. They brought in Jose Mourinho thinking, okay, things were revitalized. Harry Kane was signing new contract after new contract that Levy put on the table for him. And it just never worked out. Jose Mourinho, I felt, was probably their best, uh, their best bet in terms of winning a trophy. They sacked him, and I don't think I'll ever forget this for the rest of time and it tells me the mentality of a club like Spurs they sacked him before the league cup final that Jose Mourinho had got them into yes the situation was toxic and yes um, Jose Mourinho is not the kind of manager that you need at a Spurs and this exact same thing is true of Antonio Conte who came in later and he, he didn't do well at all um when looking back in terms of the atmosphere and the general uh, mood around the club, Wally was there immediately after he left. Um, he did get them top four, though, so there was a little bit of of success. But can we do, do these guys? Are we really looking at success as though top four is success? But they were getting top four under Harry Redknapp close to ten years before that. So it's it's. It's tough to tell um, what success really is for Spurs. I, I personally, I think 
top four. If Spurs are playing in Champions League, that's a successful season. That's a success, successful um, situation for them. However, others would not agree. Um, others would think that they need to be more ambitious, so on and so forth. But in the hierarchy of things, um, it, it, it's just not. It's just not the case. It's it's not built into their DNA, unfortunately for them. And Harry Kane had to see that time and time again. Guys like Son would come in, they would have a fantastic half season and then things would fall apart under Jose Mourinho. Harry Kane played fantastically well. At a certain point, he was playing kind of like a false nine, spraying the ball here, there, everywhere, getting goals every single season. His performance level never truly dropped up until the season when he was going to go to Man City. After the summer, yeah. After the summer where he was going to go to Man City and they his move was denied and then he he, that's the only period for a couple of months whereby his performance level dropped other than that he's been super consistent scoring goals getting assists phenomenal player um i've believed for a long time that he's too good for that situation he's way too good He, he doesn't deserve the label of being called the greatest player of all time to never win a major trophy that he he's the second highest Premier League goal scorer of all time. He's got over two hundred goals in the Premier League. Uh, Thierry Henry did not get two hundred goals in the Premier League. Kun Aguero did not. Um, only Alan Shearer has scored more Premier League goals than him. Uh, and <laughs> of course, Alan Shearer had the luxury of winning the Premier League title early on in his career, and so he could just focus on scoring goals for Newcastle and playing for the love of it. However, Harry Kane hasn't hasn't tasted that level of that level of success yet. He hasn't, uh, and and that's a damn shame. Now, I know I've spoken pretty much almost exclusively about Harry Kane, but to me in my eyes, and I thought about this as I was going to, as I was thinking through the contents of this episode, Harry Kane is essentially the Steven Gerrard of Spurs. The difference, though, is that we see that for Liverpool, Steven Gerrard came into a team and he won a Mickey Mouse treble very, very early. So he knew what it was like to taste success for Liverpool and then that of course propelled them onwards to winning the Champions League pretty much, literally every trophy um that he could possibly win without winning uh except for the Club World Cup and the league title those are the only two trophies that Steven Gerrard didn't win but he came into a club that has a winning mentality even through our banter era which was very long very long in terms of elite title drought. Don't get me wrong, it was ridiculous, but we did somehow manage to scrape two Champions League trophies in the time that we, in between the time that we did not win the league. We also won quite a few, we won the League Cup a couple of times, FA Cup a couple of times, so on and so forth. Um, UEFA Cup, it's the Europa League now. So it's built into the DNA that a club like Liverpool, a club like United, a club like Arsenal will win trophies even when they're going through their banter era. Spurs is just not built like that. And so, unfortunately for the Steven Gerrard of Spurs, he's going to have to leave to win things because even if he stayed, who would predict Spurs to win anything? 
I don't think they're in the conference league. If they were in the conference league, that would be a free shot for them. That would be a free hit. But Harry Kane should be playing Champions League semifinals, Champions League quarterfinals. He should be playing in those glamour ties in April and in May. That's what his talent level speaks to. And now he has that opportunity to do that over there at Bayern. Um, And so that leaves Spurs without their talisman and a new manager a new unproven manager at this level of football i have no idea what to expect from them but i 75 if actually 85 percent of what i think is that it's going to go poorly i do not have much faith in spurs i don't i don't have actually i don't have any faith that spurs are going to do well this coming season with Harry Kane gone, you're taking out 30 Premier League goals from that team. And that team finished, what, seventh last year? They finished They finished below Brighton for sure. Um, they finished above Chelsea, but Chelsea finished like 12th or bottom half or something like that. Um, so without those 30 goals, they, they're probably finishing around 15th. If you were to just directly, of course, life doesn't work that way. But if you were to directly take him out of the team take those 30 goals out, they're finishing 15th or 16th. They're fighting relegation most likely. Um, Now, bearing in mind, Son, who was a world-class player for quite a while, for a good three, four years, playing at a world-class level, he had the worst season of his Spurs career so far. He's still there. So he could, I mean, we've seen him play phenomenally well. He could turn up. He could uh, turn it back on. We've seen Richarlison, who only scored one league goal last year. He was awful, awful signing. I thought he was going to be really good for them. Um, he he was really poor. But now with the responsibility on his shoulders, and he'll probably be there in main number nine, Son and Richarlison, they should have better seasons than they had last year because they have to have better seasons. Otherwise, Spurs is not going to finish above 10th. Kulisevsky, I think he's a pretty good player. He'll he'll be in and amongst it. And that'll probably be their starting three up top. I'm not sure the 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 formation that Postacoglu is going to want to play. However, do I trust do I trust that team to get 60 points? 60 points gets you in, into Europe most of the time. Do I trust them to get 60 points? No. No, I do not. No, I do not. Because their defense is really, really poor. Davison Sanchez, poor. Romero, I thought he was a decent player, not great. They did bring in, so there's a perfect time to speak about their transfer business. Uh, their incomings have been Jay uh, Madison from, from Leicester, who got relegated last year. He's decent. I don't rate him nearly as highly as a lot of people do. Um, he's pretty good, though. He'll probably add a, a nice level of creativity and maybe a little bit of responsibility in terms of the creative side of the game, creating chances, potentially finishing chances. He, he will add something positive to the Spurs team um, in that more creative attacking role. Uh, they do have they brought in Pedro Porro. I believe they made that one. Uh, 
I believe they made that one permanent because I think he was there on on loan last year's something like that. Uh, they brought in a new goalkeeper, Vicario. Don't know anything about him. They brought in this guy, Mickey van der Ven, new centre-back. So they are trying to address the issues at the back there. Um, I think he comes from the... Not not entirely sure. Uh, I haven't watched this guy much, but he was spoken a little bit about, okay, Liverpool were looking for a young centre-back. His name popped up a few times. So he probably has a good amount of talent, but he he can't be the main guy back there. No, you never really want to rely on the new young guys to carry your defence. That's, that's usually not a good situation. Uh, and then there's this kid... F- Bellis, 19-year-old striker, and a left-winger named Solomon who comes from the Ukrainian League. Those are the most notable additions that they've brought in. Not a one of them gives me much faith that they'll make Spurs better, especially with Harry Kane out of the team. However, this... I'm not I'm not an extremely negative person in general, so I do like to see the positive side of things. Uh... This could be a nice clean slate for Postacoglu because with Harry Kane gone, he doesn't have any expectations. No one's expecting them to make top four. No one's expecting them to have a good season. No one is expecting them. There's going to be essentially zero pressure on the guy. So unless they're hovering around relegation come November with 10, 12 games in, unless they're sitting 16th, 17th, then... I think the Spurs fan base will probably just be will be pretty patient with him because, I mean, it's an impossible situation. He probably came in and thinking, Harry Kane is going to be here. I'm going to have one of the best strikers in the world. I'm going to have one of England's greatest ever strikers and the absolute talisman, someone who I can rely on and get 20 plus goals every single season, no matter what. I don't have to think about that. But now you have to rely on Richarlison and Son who come off of the back of their worst seasons, respectively, in the Premier League um, since either of them got to the league. And you need to you need to worry about the loss of all those goals like it's a mess it's a bit of a mess but there's no pressure on these guys so they could he could essentially just implement his system with time uh, and that's kind of what Potch got the first time around he had time because no one was expecting Spurs to be challenging for the league and so on and so forth especially when he first got there so that that is a positive they aren't too many other positives that I can think of off of the top of my head when it comes to the Spurs situation because their defense was so poor. Hugo Lloris, who's been there for quite a few years, is 36 now. So he's getting up there in age. He's not as good as he used to be. That's probably why they bought in this new uh, goalkeeper, Vicario. I don't know anything about him. And so there's going to be quite a lot of change from these older guys who weren't getting the job done but they were sustaining a decent enough level guys like son guys like uh i can't even say davison sanchez and those guys christian romero because they weren't great either um 
guys like Eric Dyer. I'm just not seeing a possibility for Spurs to overtake not only the four teams who I think will finish in the top four, United, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal and City. I don't see them overtaking Chelsea again. Uh, I don't see them overtaking Newcastle. I don't see them finishing above even Aston Villa, who were really strong towards the end of the season last year. I don't see Spurs finishing. I mean, they're probably going to be looking at sixth to ninth. That's probably where they're going to finish because Brighton could also have a better season. Although Brighton, with a lot of uh, the changes that they have, like their McAllister uh, leaving, Caicedo's pretty much bang on to leave as well i don't i don't know if brighton will be as good especially if they have um europa league to be contending with but i don't see i mean even teams like brentford who are settled they haven't lost their although they did lose their goal scoring talisman for a couple months but he'll be back soon in ivan tony spurs are going to struggle this year especially uh bringing in a new manager there how many managers have they had in recent times, Nuno Espirito-Santo, I didn't even mention him. Uh, they had Antonio Conte, who left left them in a bit of a mess. They brought in um, Stellini, I believe his name is Stellini, who was the uh, the the assistant manager uh, to Conte. He he was caretaker for a little while. Um, they went after a couple of different managers, who none of them said yes because. It's tough to think that Pasokoglu was their first choice. I mean, the guy who won, I, w- I want to say the league for Celtic, but Steven Gerrard did win the league for Rangers. He went to Aston Villa and things didn't work out well for him. Um, shout out to you, though, Stevie G, greatest Liverpool player of all time. Uh, and yeah, so it's 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 a bit of a dire situation. Um, pun kind of intended, just kind of a little bit, a little bit intended. Uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how Spurs are gonna line up. I'm not sure how what their best eleven looks like. Uh, I know Benton is in there as well. He was a, a bit of a bright spot for them in the midfield, but all in all. These guys weren't getting it done. None of these signings look as though they're going to be able to compensate for the loss of a their only world-class player from last season who had a world-class performance last season um i don't know i, I feel for spurs fans right now because it's looking it's looking quite bleak and if they if if they start off on a poor note oh jeez because I know they they play United. I I, I want to say in the second game week. So if if say United were to smack them around, and they get smacked a couple of times by some of the smaller teams early on, oh, it could get really toxic really really quickly. And then next thing you know, they're looking for a new manager come December. So I hope it. I don't necessarily hope it goes that way for them, but I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna uh, lose sleep. Spurs have a terrible season. It is what it is. They had a poor season last year as well. So, hey. Um, yeah. However, however, on a much more positive note, the Premier League is back. Ladies and gentlemen, days and dems. 
fucking round of applause because the premier league is back no more summer nonsense i've been i've been refreshing my feed because there's been a wild transfer saga going on chelsea and liverpool are trying to sign the same players sign each other's targets outbid each other for each other's targets it's a fucking mess it's interesting i'm a little bit anxious about it because i really really want us liverpool to get a phenomenal number six when yeah i'll get into that a little bit later especially after the chelsea versus liverpool game um because that is definitely playing playing a main that's a main plot thread right now um between the two teams just trying to wild stuff um but yeah the league is back arsenal versus forest uh, bright and early for me 6 30 in the morning i'll probably catch that game or at very least the second half oh, i'm so excited for this season i'm very much looking forward to it uh i'm pretty sure you all are too that concludes my top six pre-game breakdown uh i, I yeah I, I'll, I'll have a much prettier name for it next season uh on that note ladies and gentlemen days and dems i hope you have a magnificent friday Uh, I hope you have a magnificent day whenever this podcast reaches your ears. The league is back. Football's back. It's a beautiful day. Smile and take care.